Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Happy New Year, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Christmas. It is the Night of Nine podcast, and it is our last episode of the year. And as is custom every year, we do the Night of Nine podcast awards. Andrea Cleary, what is the Night of Nine podcast awards? What is it? The Night of Nine podcast awards, Niall Byrne, is an excuse for us to talk about the things that happen during the year that don't fit into a traditional list. So... Yeah, we like to shoehorn in some songs, some bits of songs, some collaborations. Heavy shoehorning going on here. News stories, whatever we like, really, whatever we like. So we will have some returning awards. We will have, from my side anyway, mostly new awards, but some some returning awards. And will there be a return of the best sex solo? We'll see. Mm, mm, All will be revealed Mm. uh, very soon. Very different podcast award vibe from us this year compared to maybe our first two years. Because the other thing that used to be special about the podcast awards was that we would get very, very drunk while we were recording them. But now it is 10 to 3 in the afternoon. You've just had a baby and I haven't had a drink in a year and a half. So it's it's a different vibe, but no less fun. Times have changed. (laughs) Times have certainly changed. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Nothing at all. That's all good. Yeah, I'm still tipping away at the odd beer here and there, even though I'm a... I'm a new dad, but that's all there is to do. Look after a baby and have an L nice And try your best. And try your best. So yeah, what did we do on the Not A Million podcast this year? We did episodes about Sufjan Stevens, Fortet, Swiftageddon, Bandcamp Sale, uh, Latin Freestyle 80s Electro with Bob Stanley, an episode about the KLF, Balearic Music, UK Pop Music of the 2000s with Michael Craig, Cass Elliott, an episode on AI, Frank Ocean at Coachella and Jai Paul. We talked to May Kay about Palestine uh, earlier this year before things really got bad in Gaza. David Holmes on Let's Get Killed, an episode on our favorite samples, and of course the usual end of the month episodes, which are all there for you to listen to. Ideally, you can listen to them all ad-free on patreon.com forward slash 909 is the best place to get them and access the Discord and, and community and everything that encompasses that. And but what kind of a year for music has been? I mentioned AI there. There was a lot of talk about AI and music earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's died down a tiny bit. There was a there was a there was a song released this year. Well, I mean, there was an AI song contest this year, which kind of makes me feel (laughs) a a bit strange. A song called How Would You Touch Me from Synthetic Beat Brigade from the Netherlands was the winner of that. And I I had a little little bit of a listen through the songs. I was going to include them in a in an award. And then I decided that actually the whole thing depresses me too much. So I'm not I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I think. The big story this year in the music industry, if last year was the year of kind of royalties and lawsuits and and that kind of thing that really spurred on a lot of other lawsuits and so on this year, 
this year, 2023, is definitely the year of thinking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, the future of the future of music, the future of AI and music and so on. And I mean, you and I have been talking about AI and music, you know, since Grimes was first talking about it back in maybe 2021, maybe even 2020, when she was saying that this yeah. is the future. And, you know, she's she wasn't wrong. <laughs> so For sure. For sure, yeah, it's been. Uh, I think it maybe we're we're hitting a different version of that mm. that world, and you know, it was kind of the funny part of mu of music creation or or the novelty end of of all that stuff. But mm. now it's kind of getting into, okay, what does this actually mean? I know the labels are looking to, you know, allow people to use these kind of things without mm-hmm. a real with permission because it's going it's you can't stop this stuff anyway there we we did this can't remember the specifics but like i mean here's here's an example of something that we did which was like the novelty factor which is uh this is our friend who we introduced earlier this year hello and welcome to the niler nine podcast on today's episode we're going to be talking about ai and the generation of fake songs that sound like real musicians except they are all fake ai rappers this is your host drake I'm joined by Andrea Cleary. How you doing? AI and fake voices are happening at an alarming rate, and we need to stop it, or I will be very upset and make a mixtape and call it, you already lost. It's not fair. Let's dive in. Okay, Drake, that's enough now. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, Drake. Thanks, Drake. You can go now. Thank thanks, you. bye. Uh, yeah, so that was just us messing around with some of the like novelty aspects of AI earlier this year. But yeah, how AI can you be used to create music and all that kind of stuff. But there was another create. really, really big story this year with AI, which I think didn't have the same level of like worry about it, which was the Beatles, you know, kind of final song being released on mm. streaming. Using... Do we think, was that really AI though? Was that really AI? That was just a, a a technique using yeah, computer but, but programming. All, but, surely, but it wasn't like it's, accessing it's, the neural network to remove vocals from a Beatles recording. I think that was a misnomer. No, it's it, it's it's AI in as much as anything else is AI, which is that it's using pre-recorded music and kind of filling in the blanks. Like we don't like we all know that we don't have AI. We have like machine learning techniques, but it's it, it's using those same. The, the same kind of technology that was used, you know, visually with Get Back, where you have like little bitty parts that are being filled in ge- generatively. And that kind of thing was being used with John Lennon's vocals for their last kind of collaboration now and then, which was released on my birthday. And so many people texted me on my birthday to say your birthday and a new Beatles song. And I was very happy about it. <laughs> but that was that was that that was an example of an of a, you know, quote unquote, AI sort of yeah, story. I just feel like, I just feel like I mean, largely supportive most of, of the AI we're talking about isn't that like, I mean, I get I get it. What you mean? It is probably using, you know, uh, models or it's not using data sets probably to create that. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. Well, yeah, it's, it, well, anyway, it's I, just you... fe- I just felt like it was like it was just a, some modern like studio technique that is now people are like, oh, we used AI for this. I mean, it depends on how I tell you what, the video for the song doesn't give me much hope that the AI was of a high quality. Because <laughs> have you seen the video, the Peter Jackson uh, music video? No, for, I haven't uh, watched the video for it now. <sighs> It, I mean, that's my that's an award to give out. That's the worst music video of 2023. It's terrible. This yeah. is what happens when a music video director or a film director goes to make his first music video 
and gets it completely all wrong. It's awful. Anyway, that's a that's an aside to all this stuff. But yeah, did you like the song now and then? I did like the song. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just sort of like you can't really judge a quote unquote new Beatles song on its own merits. You know, there's kind of, there's too much history, there's too much excitement, there's too much. There's just too much there to dive into. So it didn't it didn't feel like a new Beatles song because it wasn't a new Beatles song, but it kind of felt for me, it, it was it was just this this kind of like, wow, here's a John Lennon vocal I've never heard before. You know, here's here's a song I haven't heard before. They sounded like the Beatles and I'd never and I'd never heard it before. So that that was kind of a new experience. Do you know what I mean? Where, you know, obviously there's there's, you know, it's probably hundreds of Beatles like demos and tracks like floating around that I haven't heard but it just felt yeah if it, it had a kind of it had the sheen of, of newness about it that was exciting enough mm. for me to be excited about it but didn't feel like I was getting a new song because it will never feel like that you know what I mean yeah yeah okay yeah well that's uh yeah I mean that was something interesting uh I think we're going to hear a lot more about AI next year obviously Grimes is doing a lot in AI and maybe it's something we'll we'll discuss more about the other things yeah. in terms of um, a trend prediction from me for next year is that we're going to we might get a court case about who owns something that is that was collaboratively made I I know these court cases are are happening but we might get like a landmark court case where a decision is actually made about whether or not AI or, or somebody who owns a model is entitled to songwriting credits or whatever it might be, royalties, whatever yeah. it might be. That's my trend prediction for next uh, year. There's that we'll a, get a case like there's, that. If you're looking for more on this topic, I've mentioned Holly Herndon and Matt Dreyer's uh, Interdependence podcast before. Uh, there was a New Yorker piece with the pair of them. Um Recently, obviously, Holly Herndon does a lot of AI generative music and is actually involved in some of those issues to do with AI, whether with like opting out as an artist, whether people are being compensated for, you know, being trained with an AI if they are musicians, for example. And especially in the context of, you know, a year where we've seen, you know, touring has been really difficult for bands to achieve and make a profit out of because mm-hmm. of the rising cost of living and all this kind of stuff. Visas, countries shoring up their borders more, all of these things that make it more difficult for acts to thrive and succeed in beyond their home country. And and then stuff like the merch cuts and things like that, that we saw campaigns around that. We talked to Cadence Weapon, Roly Pemberton about that earlier this year, or maybe it was last late last year, but you know, uh, small artists are being squeezed and there's really very few signs of light for a lot of independent artists out there but despite that you know 2023 as we had in the last couple of weeks we've seen some absolutely amazing music being <laughs> made and released at that Sorry, the cat are you there? Hello, happy Christmas everyone well i have a cat behind me asleep but he's not going to say hello no he's definitely not a He's not, he's not the whole type. Oh, hello. Boo is there. Nap time. So, yeah, I think, I mean, in terms of, it was pretty bleak a lot of the year for in terms of the prospects of of the music industry and mm. everything. But there, despite that, I think, you know, there's lots to focus on that was positive. Lots of great music. Like we talked about the likes of Lancome and, and you know, the kind of year they've had and people like Rachel Lavelle. And actually, 
I'm going to use Rachel Lavelle as my first, to give my first award. It's to Rachel Lavelle. She was, I do, every year I do the guest list on the website, which is like top 10 tracks from different artists. And I swear Rachel Lavelle is probably in 70% of them this mm-hmm. year. And the reason I'm giving Rachel Lavelle an award this year is because, as I've maybe mentioned it before, is the best opening line in a song. It is for Big Dreams, the title track of the album. I'm going to play that and we can hear what that is. I came for the comedy I left for the bus There was nothing new to me I have a lot of feelings How strange so yeah, that is the line that I love on that song. I came for the comedy, I left for the bus. That was nothing new to me. I have a lot of feelings. A short story in two lines there. So uh, really, really brilliant. And what a lovely song. What a lovely album Big Dreams is. And uh, yeah, definitely the one of those lines that stopped me in my tracks this year, for sure. And made me go, wow, she's great, isn't she? We knew that already, but now we're like, now we, we really know, know that. Mm. We know for sure. Other than that, let's talk about some, we were talking about the live industry there. So what about best live gigs of the year that you saw? Uh, I know you don't go to many gigs. What did you go to this year? I don't have a best live gig award. You went to the 1975 this I couldn't year? Remember. This year? Yeah, I couldn't remember what I went to. So I know I went to the 1975 and I know I went to CMAT. And that was basically November and uh, January and November. And anything that happened in between that, I don't remember. But my best live gig of the year would absolutely be the 1975 at their very best in the three arena in January. They like they they were my like band of the year. They were the thing I thought about the most this year. Maddie Healy will be coming up in some of my awards. But that Uh-oh. show is um, <laughs> but like I know everyone's sort of sick of them, but yeah, the, the thing about him and that band is that like. Uh, the the thing that you can't deny is their live show like no one like even if you hate their music you cannot deny that their live show is absolutely unbelievable and that it is saying things and doing things and that it is it's it's just like nothing else I've ever seen like and and this is you know the third tour I've seen them on and Every single time I've seen them, they've done something interesting. They've done something I've, I'd never seen before. And this tour is like a much more about like a kind of a performance art about like modern masculinity and the Internet and so on. So, yeah, that was definitely my live experience of the year was that. And I dressed you as also- Matty. I, you know, I wore the suit and tie. It was just and I brought my friend to wasn't a fan of them beforehand and converted her and yeah it was just it was a brilliant night it was great and just a reminder you also did go see harry styles and slain oh i did yeah well slain was a whole experience (laughs) but harry was great he was great but but slain is more we already know what your gig of 2024 is do we because you'll be dressing up for it too will i yeah you will yeah yeah shirt and uh, shirt and tie and everything Shirt and tie and everything. What am I going a, to a in little, 2024? A little band that are playing the Olympia, I think. Oh, um, my boys. 
my boys. Come yeah. Out of rash. Yeah, that's it's March. The hive, I think. Talk about. I think. Yeah, I think that's hive. March. Something like a that. A preview of what's to come. For myself, the four gigs I can think about this year that really stood out to me uh, away from festivals are Lancome at Vicker Street in May. Mm-hmm. I think seeing them there really contextualized False Lancome for me and made me. It just shone, shone a spotlight on the other voices in that band other than Rady Pete. Obviously, Rady Pete is the the main voice of Lancome in terms of the uniqueness of what she brings and how she sings. But just seeing tracks like On a Monday Morning and uh, we talked about last week, Laura DeBoer and Mary Flynn, being those big kind of folk, traditional, like almost singer-songwriter songs that were sung live in not by Rady primarily but by the other members of the band Ian Lynch and Cormac as well so just really loved that so much and again like I think seeing Lancome and Vicar Street is slowly becoming a bit of a tradition Mm -hmm. perhaps obviously I wasn't able to go to the gig for Gaza as we were expecting at that time and that was their biggest the charity gig that would have been their biggest gig that they've ever played in Ireland Mm -hmm. and the biggest biggest charity event we've ever seen maybe other than the Childline concerts in Ireland bring them back but yeah Lancome and Vicar Street absolutely unreal the other one I would other was I would shout out would be Peter Gabriel at the Tree Arena kind of went uh, on spec to kind of go whoa, whoa what would this be like I've mm-hmm. always liked what he does and really impressed with that show and somebody who's in the twilight of her career and is really still pushing himself and creating great songs he had his album out a few weeks ago called io he was teasing a lot of those songs out this year and um, one of them uh, wrote the joys up there with one of my songs of the year in terms of like on my list of 100 anyway just a really great artist and really ask still asking questions and still talking about even you know referencing a little bit ai and stuff like that uh, other than that, there was self-esteem in the Olympia. I mean, I've seen I've seen self-esteem like too many times now, and actually, we did go see self-esteem at the Mother Block Party this year, and I think it was like, okay, that's it for me for a while. And self-esteem, I think I've seen enough. Mm. For I've seen her like five, six times in the last three years or something like that. So I was like, need need to knock that on the head. But it was lovely to see. But great as well. I think uh, I'm looking forward to. A little bit of a break and then when she comes back maybe next year with some new material i think it's going to be very very different and a new era mm. and then the other one uh which is i the one i traveled for especially was joy paul in london made the decision last minute applied for the raffle tickets went over i got the raffle tickets went over i was humming and hawing and i went to my own a, a brilliant gig just like you know uh, one of my favorite artists and to be there for his first ever like London gig was really special, you know, really, mm. really special thing. Um, he's since obviously played a lot of other things and he played Coachella earlier this year and, you know, that's its own thing. But uh, Friend he's of the continuing podcast, to play Frank live. Fitzpatrick saw him in Paris recently enough as well, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jai Paul's had a good year. Welcome back, Jai Paul. I've remembered two yeah. other gigs that I went to this and year. And new songs too. The Walkman okay. in, the Vicar, in Vicar Street in, well, August, I want to say August. That was a great gig. Really, really enjoyed that. I had never seen them before. Just a great set list of like the classics. It was really nice to see The Rat live. It was really nice to see In the New Year, Little House Savages, like just like some, all some of my favorite songs. And then also was Julia Jacqueline this year? And if Julia Jacqueline was this year, then I saw her and she was great. If she wasn't. Oh, possibly. Yeah, I feel like I, I didn't go to that one. Yeah. I missed the last one, whenever that was. Yeah, so. she was also yeah. great. So, yeah. 
yeah, that's 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 the live gig. Oh, that was November twenty twenty two. Oh November. well, so. sorry, Julia, <laughs> forgot about you last year. Uh, you probably you probably talked about it last year. I did the same about Kendrick. I was like, was Kendrick last year or this year? It was November last year, so not far off. And then I did see Rachel Lavelle actually at uh, Early Music Week, and I and again. Like I've talked about her a lot, she is a singular talent and uh, definitely one of my favorites of the year. In terms of bands that I'm excited about, bands, oh, in that sphere, actually, uh, best live performance in terms of energy and ones that I just want to shout out because I don't know if you've seen the Young Fathers video uh, live at Glastonbury or if you've seen Young Fathers play live at all. They are something else. They are really, really, really special a special band who do special things live on stage. And, you know, people talk about the band as this kind of gospel catharticism kind of, you know, purveyors. They're like, they really do something special. But I think in the last couple of years, they've really brought their music to a different level. And you can see that in the likes of that new album, but in particular, the song called I Saw, where they really do bring in this kind of, raucous brilliant like they have these two backing singers who join them two women who join them and they're they bring an extra element to it and it just becomes this really big huge pounding drum cathartic experience i'll just play a little bit of it so we can get a a bit of a flavor of it
Oh uh, yeah, that was a bit of a indulgence there. <laughs> Young Fathers and I saw, I went to see them a little bit at Extra Picnic as well. They are brilliant. They're one of my favourite bands and they really do bring a different kind of energy than most bands and... Uh, yeah, they're tapping into something special, I think, as well. So, shout out to them. Okay, where do we move from here? Do you have anything you'd like to share? Any podcast award you'd like to give out? Yes, please. So, to follow on from last year, last year I had the thing I would like to go away. Last oh, yeah. year's thing I wanted to go away was people complaining about double albums. That that feels... Oh. Um, I, I pulled up my list from last year and that feels like a long time ago. How quaint. I know. The thing I'd like to go away this year is the concept of an ethical billionaire and just sort of broader Taylor Swift discourse, as okay. in the sort of superfluous Taylor Swift discourse. Now, a lot of this is the fact that I have a TikTok account and I'm a woman in her 30s. And my algorithm is absolutely convinced that I want to hear teenagers' ap- opinions on TikTok all day, every day. And I don't. I'm interested in what the teens have to say about TikTok or about Taylor Swift rather, but not all the time. But yeah, the the idea that um, Taylor Swift, who is due to become a billionaire basically any day now, have you heard about this, that her her fans and certain people are kind of saying um, she will be the first ethical billionaire as though that is a, as though that's something that's possible, um, even though no. she is, you know, inherently exploiting workers because that's how you become a billionaire. So that's the thing I'd like to go away. I don't believe in not holding her to the same standard as I would hold anybody else just because she is Taylor Swift and just because she is, you know, a popular feminist icon. These these things aren't that important to me when we get down into the actual the actual bones of the kind of feminism that I hold, which is one that doesn't have space for billionaires in it. And yeah, her carbon emissions just, you know, I what I'd like to go away is the defense of Taylor Swift's kind of wrongdoings when it comes to the environment, but also when it comes to her, uh, how it is that she's making money just because she is Taylor Swift. So that's something I'd like to go away. So if she gave money to every uh, one million to every small <laughs> venue in the country, would you would that be OK? Oh, she's she's like given the, um she's she, she, didn't she give a load of like her truck drivers or something like a hundred grand each or I something guess, yeah, yeah. like she's definitely no, sharing the wealth. The, is it, but that's that JP McMahon stuff from the last week is like he doesn't pay taxes, but he's just given, you know, mm. GA clubs a million. Yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I think Taylor Swift, it was reported that she she either like offset or change the course of the recession that America, you know, the, the the biggest economy in the world was going to face because of her era's tour. Like her influence is undeniable and her influence on the economy is undeniable. And I'm not saying that she's not paying her workers on that tour or anything yeah, or no, anything like it. Yeah. But her As if it's something to aspire to though. Yeah, but her her wealth is coming from sales of records and it's coming from merch sales and we do not have any access to you know where and how her records and merch are being made we've no access to that information and if you know if the rest of the industry is anything to go by it's probably not good and additionally you know I know it was last year but she's done it with 1980 with the 1989 re-release as well Harry was saying to me that he saw I think three different covers for it in when he was in Tower Records yesterday. So this like, you know, overproduction of of vinyl records, which are a limited resource yeah. in order to, you know, sell something as a collectible in order for her to make more money. 
I don't like that. I don't like it at all. So yeah, fair. We did when we did have Anna Jacob on from Swift again talking about that. And I did mm-hmm. talk to her about that idea. She just said, "Look, it's people want to collect stuff, then they will." But I guess yeah, I think when it comes to being when it's children and who are being asked to, you know, it's just a bit cynical when you're asking children to like you know when sometimes when magazines in the past used to do like collect all the covers yeah. of of uh, special covers <laughs> a bit cynical and, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. it's uh no and i mean paper isn't a depleting resource either whereas like vinyl records have a, an enormous impact on the environment so we sh- we should absolutely not be encouraging that sort of behavior at all okay well i do have a taylor swift related thing that i'm going to uh, talk about actually i'll leave that to later as okay. well, because it, it makes more sense later on Give so spoiler award. alert we i don't have a sax solo of the <gasps> year because i couldn't think of one i couldn't think of one this year but i do have a solo of a type okay it is a different instrument it is a solo played by the bagpipes <laughs> <laughs> so what are the go. bagpipes if not a kind of scottish saxophone yeah why not this is as played by bridge campbell who i saw another love story earlier this year this is from caroline polachek's album and this is a song called blood and butter and we lead in here to the bagpipes solo shortly So yeah, I couldn't think of a sax solo so with a bagpipe solo. That's a okay. There's plenty of saxophone that I heard this year that I really liked. I mentioned Rachel Mittlebell. Ryan Hardigan is a fine sax player. You can hear plenty of sax on that record. But it's not the kind of like sax solo, like big uh, marquee and lights kind of solo I'm, I'm thinking of when I award this one. So it's a fallow year, I think, unless you have one. I don't. I was 100% relying on you for the sax solo of the year. Yeah, but... I know. I was just like looking through the list of everything I could see. And I know I'm going to kick myself in the next week or so and go, ah, that was the one. That yeah. was the one I forgot about. And, you know, throughout the year, I've kind of gone, oh, I should write that down uh, when uh, I think of them. And I wonder now if I have actually done that at some point in my notes and being like, oh, yeah, that's the one. Mm. That's the one for later in the year now. No, I don't think so. I don't think I've done, I've done it. It might have just been a fallow year it. for the sax, and that's okay. Yeah, it's it's, we it's ubiquitous, but not, not standing out in, in the spotlight as much as uh, we'd maybe hope for it to be. Okay. But anyway, it will again, and we will pick a sax solo. But for now, that is the bagpipe solo of the year anyway. There's few and far between. Not much competition for that one. That's okay. <laughs> but I thought it was worth including. <laughs> uh, okay, I would like to put forward a new award, yes. which I'm terming the Alan Maguire of Juvenalia, the Alan Maguire Award for most photo shoots. He texted me on Tuesday and he said, (laughs) I don't know if you've recorded the final 9 and 9 episode yet, but I'd like to nominate Boy Genius for the award for most photo shoots. (laughs) I just thought that was such a good shout. Like, my God, (laughs) 
So I, I, I did like a, you know, a quick Google search. They have dressed as obviously Nirvana. They've dressed as separately Cowboys and Brokeback Mountain separate themes <laughs> separately <laughs> in suits fine a kind of a vintage prom one one where they're smeared in cake a sort of Marie Antoinette sort of one and then also a bizarre one where they were in kind of big puffer ski jackets others are like available the, the lagging jackets uh, I saw that That's yeah where one, they're yeah. sort of yeah um they look like the the, the I, I I live above a crash and uh in the winter time I see the little children running around outside in their big puffer jackets yeah but just, then it gets a bit like, like it gets a bit fetish down down below when they're all wearing black and then she's tied up yeah like, yeah it gets a bit strange yeah and I mean that's just a selection <laughs> of some of the photo shoots this band have done this year um so I mean I hope next year we can continue the Alan McGuire Award for most photo shoots, but I just, I thought that was a great shout. <laughs> the Horny for Photo Shoot Award. Yes, yeah, Alan they McGuire's fucking love a photo shoot. Horny for Photo Shoot Award. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good one. That was a good one. Very good. What have you got? Okay, I'm going to go with another one, an older, an award that we've established previously. The Best Guest Rap Verse, yes. a.k.a. the Andre, Andre 3000, 3000 Award. Award. Now, who, as you know, who did not rap Andre this 3000. year? <laughs> Well, I'm about to break your. I'm about to burst that <gasps> bubble. He did rap this year because not only did he release his lovely jazz album, New Blue New Sun, was it called? Yep, yeah, where he doesn't rap on it and he plays loads of woodwind. Uh, he did actually rap on a Killer Mike song this year, oh, and he did. it's called Scientists and Engineers. It features Future, Aaron Allen Kane. Yeah, I mean, anytime Andre raps, it's notable. So it's time to give him his flowers for this year. This is Andre 3000 on. Scientists and engineers on Killer Mike's track. Communication coming in. Too much that I can't communicate with all of them. I do wish I had scientists or engineer friends. Let's go. Get out of here, Petro. It's cheaper than it's ever been. And then, who's to say when art will end? All I know is when the portrait painted, better have your portion of the rent. A dollar more and you will get upgraded when you think you've made it. You are then just tolerated, overrated. Hope I'm 80 when I get my second win. Small potatoes, all I ate before potato chips would cut my corner lips. Operator, operator, I would pray that you connect me to a sip. Of sangria, Zambia, camera, cameo, hand me a handful of hips. A stamina, stampede of happily happenings, dabbling into a bliff. Via neon, beyond the ambience, be honest, you promise that you will live. Do summers ever forget? Put your muscle like a kid. Cucumber will make a trip. Do jump on and hit a split. Hookers don't really do shit. Do get lantern in it, bitch. Rebelling is like an itch. Oh. So I couldn't let the year pass without really acknowledging the fact that, you know, despite uh, all of the discourse around Andre this year, he did actually rap uh, on a record and on that killer. I forgot record, all so, about that. Uh, that was great. Yeah, easy, easy to forget. Now, I know it's probably not his best, his best work, but sure, look, any, any, any Andre verse is still noticeable. And I did go around and look at all of the my end of year and my favorite rap songs of the year. And I was like, nah, that's the one. That's the one I'm picking. But other than that, I also have Rap Beat of the Year. That's another one we've done before. And I'm going to say there's a couple here probably. Well, let's go with the uh, Rap Beat of the Year first. I think this is the JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown perfect song. Mm. I love this. This is blown out and weird and cool. Like NASCAR, nigga, you bet not go. But you better get your mind right, boy. Let it sit all over that windshield. Nigga, I'm real rock, go stand up. Well, I'm from Plan B. I'm like this, but I ain't got a lot of kids. I just pull out and spray out and get it. Okay, okay, I see what you're doing. 
know who he is, and I'm looking like, who are you? It's Peggy and Penny. Everybody know what's in the code word clutch. Yeah. Got the game on the crutch. Yeah. Hey, niggas. That is perfect. JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown. I've got a couple of more uh, songs that uh, fit that mold. Just while we're on uh, Danny Brown, I want to give a shout yeah. out to Harry and I. Every year when the lists come out, we do the Guardian list, we do the Pitchfork list, and we listen through the top 50 songs. We give them 30 seconds each. And if we don't like it after 30, 30 seconds, we skip to the next one. But we listen to all of the top 20 songs. Number 17 on the Pitchfork list was Billy Woods slash Kenny Seagull, Seagull Year Zero yeah, featuring cool. yeah. Danny Brown, which neither of us had heard before but both of us just absolutely loved so maybe we need to yeah that's my favorite record uh, in yeah. terms of the billy wood stuff that he featured on this year really one. really really uh, good track one. like really good track so we both absolutely loved that so yeah maybe a, 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 great, a, a great, danny brown uh, award on that record yeah yeah great song on that record with samuel herring from future islands on it yes uh, facetime that great, was on the list uh, as well i think well. yeah really good and yeah, Danny Brown's album itself was pretty weird because, mm. like, even the pre-release single was kind of this weird psych rock cool thing. But then he his voice completely changes on the rest of it, and you're like, "Oh, is this actually Danny Brown?" Listen to it, but it came out in November, so one of those ones that I definitely need to return to at some point. One of the ones that an album that did actually was released in November, and I want to shout out briefly is H Three One R. They are a duo, a duo that was released. They released their album called Headspace. They're from New Jersey. It was released on Big Data, the Ninja June imprint, and just a kind of a, it reminded me a little bit of a Shabazz Palaces, stuff like that, kind of like alt hip hop stuff. Here is a tiny bit of a song called Train of Thought. In my mind, I see designs, constantly morphing, they one of a kind, fitness of color, discovering my fluttering nature. I'm a butterfly, out the cocoon, popped out the bright in the room, a room, the image carry myself through the gloom. H3H31R Heather maybe or I don't really know what that sounds for I might have to check that again Headspace is the name of the album anyway H31R you can find them there and then after really never having listened to Little Yachty before I actually ended up featuring him twice this year I would say he obviously earlier in the year we discussed he did the album around uh, this kind of psych rock album that I think for a lot of people I mean I don't know I mean it works for me I don't know how a lot of people feel about it, but it ended up being it like it filled the void in the in the January window of like time where there was really not that many releases and allowed me to I really enjoyed it. It kind of reminded me of like like somebody had made a mixtape of Tame Impala uh, instrumentals and put Lil Yachty over it and it worked really well. But the, the the music is all original. Yeah, some of his stuff doesn't quite work, but I think it's really it's it's really fun in its own way. So let's let's start here. That's the album, of course, uh, and that sounds a bit like this.
that's a bit of that record that doesn't feature Lil Yachty on it, but this does feature it. The many years ago, Lil Yachty talked about uh, J. Cole and how he didn't like him when he was when he was a young rapper, and and he said many things back when he was he made headlines in that way. But now he's an he's an older rapper and he's kind of a bit oh, has more of the way of the world. And the two of them, J. Cole and Lil Yachty, released a track called "The Secret Recipe" a few months back, and it's so good. Here is a bit of that. Baby, run like window shoppers. I see through every front. I speak out what I need. I post everything I want. I block out anything I hate. It's still the highly still unpaid. The notice went unseen. The tenants too relaxed. The standards have collapsed. They wrote me in with lame. They treat me like I'm them. They hate I overcame. Refuse to pat my back. Refuse to shake my hair. Refuse to give me props when I am not around. Refuse to act like I ain't shift the sound. Like I ain't push the culture. Like several vultures ain't come after me. Like several vultures ain't come after me. Still, I keep a pee. Yeah, we still digress. And I'm playing checkers. I ain't playing chess. Cause I don't go around on niggas. Yeah, I really enjoyed that this year as well. Andrea, what's your next choice for Podcast Awards? My next choice for Podcast of the of What? Podcast of Awards? For my Podcast Awards? <laughs> hmm. Do you want. Let's do Villain of the Year. Oh. I have two. Oh, okay. Like, can I guess one? Yes. Is Miss Maddie Healy there? No. Of course well, not. Well, he's both to you. He's he's hero and villain. He's thought he, I, he's everything thought he to me. A, a bifurcation here. <laughs> no, I, I believe he was Pitchfork's villain of the year. Oh, right. No, my villain of the year is an actual villain. Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, absolute villains of the year. New changes to their royalty payments from early next year. Will yeah, mean this sucks that you will need to have a minimum of 1,000 listens to be paid a cent or a penny um, or whatever other currency you use to to make any money from your music. It's it's scummy behavior, uh, basically. <laughs> and I mean, they, they already don't treat their artists well at all. But this was just, it just seemed like such an easy, cash-grabby decision that is just going to have, you know, as usual, repercussions for independent and smaller artists who are literally just, try, you know, fighting it out for scraps on that app anyway. So that's my first villain of the year. My second villain of the year will be recognizable to some, not recognizable to others, non-musical. Does the name James Somerton mean anything to you? Oh, this is your one of your reality TV shows. <laughs> no. Is it? No. It's not one, it's not of, one of my not reality. What, okay. what reality TV shows do I watch? I couldn't remember which one you were really into at the moment there. So or most recently, I was like, um, yeah. Most recently. Okay, who's this? Oh, I mean, Big, Big Brother. Brother. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, if we're going Big Brother. In one of your programs. Ma- this is one Matty. of your programs. No, uh, James Somerton was the, was, it, it will be familiar to anyone who's watched the video. You're a new father. You haven't watched the video. H-Bomber Guy is a very, very, very excellent YouTube content creator. And he made a four hour long video about plagiarism and YouTube, which culminated in basically the destruction of a career of this guy called James Somerton, who is a... um queer content creator in that both he is queer and creates content about queer films and television mostly films which was basically all plagiarized from smaller writers from other queer creators and it was so the the youtube video is called plagiarism and you brackets tube yeah it's three hours 50 minutes long it's 
Wow, it's incredible. absolutely incredible piece of like investigative journalism. H. Bomberguy is one of my favorite YouTubers for, for a long time now anyway. But, you know, a lot of people have seen this video, people who are a fan of him and who weren't. And James Summerton was somebody who I wasn't that familiar with. I think I remember watching one of his videos before and just not really just not really clicking with his vibe or whatever like I had I hadn't noticed anything untoward about his videos I just didn't think that they were particularly well researched but for a lot of queer people he was a very important creator for them you know introduced them to kind of queer theory when it comes to like film analysis and so on but all plagiarized and it was it was an amazing video an amazing expose and yeah, all of the ad revenue from that video is going to be donated to as many of the people who were plagiarized as he can find as possible, which is really cool. Oh, wow. But yeah, he I mean, he has to be, you know, one of the villains of the year just because of how how he responded initially was awful. He basically denied, denied, deny, And then basically just kind of like fell off the face of the earth lost you know all his patreon subscribers or many of them privated or deleted all his videos like it's just you know it's in like hunker down mode now at the moment for james somerton nice. but yeah would recommend it you you have a new baby you're probably not going to get around to it for the, another 18 years but it is well you know i mean you do spend a lot of time just sitting there waiting for the baby to eat well i'd uh, i'd highly recommend so. it yeah if if you are if if you do find yourself i'm watching a lot of tv at the moment okay you can't really listen mm-hmm. to something necessarily as easy as it's easier to watch than yeah it is to purely listen a lot of time well i'll um, i'll send you the link it's um it's it's very very good and it's just so it's not it's not a good thing to see someone's career end in front of your eyes but there does feel like there's a bit of justice in it when you see like just how small the cre- the creators were who he was stealing from i mean we're talking blog posts you know word for yeah, word being right. stolen and uh, and you okay. know spoken down a camera so yeah my two villains of the year spotify and james somerton um you seem to be on a lot of those kind of YouTube mm. uh, personalities, uh, video essayists. Yes. Uh, maybe it's something we can talk about again. I know you've, uh, what's the guy with the music theory guy you were mentioning um, before? Uh, I've subscribed to him, but I can never remember anybody's name. Uh, so there's Adam Neely, who is an excellent Neely, um, yeah. video essayist, jazz musician, but talks a lot about, you know, music theory and has had some really excellent videos about kind of musicology and and the role that musicology plays in the the kinds of court cases we've seen with you know the Marvin Gaye Ed Sheeran and so on but I mean while we're on that subject I might actually shoehorn in another award here so that I may mention one of my other YouTube guys worst song of the year Oh, good. I'm glad you have one. I was trying to think of what is a so worst song. So my of the worst year. song of last year was that "Twinkle Twinkle Little Bitch," which I forgot about and wish I'd forgotten about <laughs> still. Is it just even saying it makes me cringe? "Twinkle Twinkle That's Little Bitch." That's all you have to say. You don't have to say anything else. So awful. Oh, um, but I mean, this this year the song is 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 a bit more um you know seriously bad. But yeah, my boy. My number one boy, Pat Finnerty, released a, a, a What Makes This Song Stink video. I've, I've talked about him on the podcast before, but I, if anyone hasn't watched him, please go and watch him. He's incredible. He released a long, long awaited video 
about Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town, which I'm sure you've seen Ooh, the discourse heard, around. This. Yeah, let's not play yeah. it. Okay. Let's not play good it. Good idea. But I'll just... I'll, let's not I'll, hurt you like that. I'll get the lyrics up. It is a, That's a good idea. song yeah. about loving your neighbors and protecting mm. your neighborhood and <laughs> being an American, you know. So, I mean... Of course. Yeah. So it's basically, it's a song in itself, which, you know, the idea is, here's some of the lyrics, cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. We'll try that in a small town. See how far you make it. And then he tried to shoehorn in a little rhyme here. See how far you make it down the road, blah, blah, blah. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town. And the music video is kind of, you know, hypes up the egregiousness um, and the and the racism because he's singing outside a building that was used once for like lynchings with what you call it, like footage of Black Lives Matter protests. So it's like it's an it's an overtly racist song it's an overtly racist wow, video like okay. it is incredibly um it's it's gross it's really really gross but and i mean all that all that is bad but also the song is really bad as well which isn't worse but it's not good either so i mean it's a it's a quote-unquote country song so it's using a lot of the kind of mm. yeah it's just stoking the stoking the fire and it and it seems like you know the fans of what's his name singing sweet home alabama all summer long what's his name rob ritchie kid rock kid rock that sort of like you know yeah like fuck yeah america yeah, the flag yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. great racism's good that sort of stuff delighted to um, hear from you Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and 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 these all, you know, I mean, this is there's a great analysis of of you know everything I'm talking about here in the Path Energy video, which again I encourage people to watch. But you know, he's he's singing about like being from a small town and looking out for your neighbors, and and he's like he lives in this mansion, like he's sold like millions of records. He's so wealthy. It's not a small town guy and it's just the sort of like the cynicism of a lot of modern like USA country music being written by these millionaires and singing about like small town life and singing about like how much they enjoy being a farmer and you know they don't like fancy things and yeah. it's all it's all gross so that to me worst song of the year it was hard for me to think of like I, I I thought about doing like, you know, I'll give a little shout out for like worst. Um, I didn't want to talk about Taylor Swift too much because she is in a few of my awards. But like worst guest verse of the year was Ice Spice on that Taylor Swift track yeah, on Karma. That was bad. But I mean, it's no, nothing compared to Try That in a Small Town, which is uh, truly horrendous. So, yeah. Fair. Fair. Okay. Yeah. What have you got? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
I have now some positivity and some look forward. We're going to look forward a little bit uh, through the vessel of songs I like this year from relatively new artists and just shout out a couple of new bands that I am excited about. Many other people are maybe are excited about as well. Certainly our Discord are excited about it because this first band played a gig at 11 p.m. on Tuesday in the Workman's Club and they are called The Last Dinner Party and they are really fun UK kind of pop rock band sound a bit like but they're ABBA industry sometimes. plants industry plants mm-hmm. is what they that are that was them wasn't it uh, that was the big part- discourse that's them yeah 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 so they're they're making good they're on good a tour them. at the moment Swarton Hosier they've been releasing some great singles and this is their most recent one My Lady of Mercy Nothing wrong with that. Really good, really great. Uh, very well written, lovely pop rock music. I think it's they're really exciting in terms of that kind of band. We haven't had one like that for a while. Um, they're all women as well, so that brings a whole different dimension in terms of fanaticism as well. And I think it's really interesting. I think I would have loved to be at that gig on Tuesday, mm. and it looked like it was really fun and. Uh, couple more artists I want to shout out. Look, anyone who's paying attention to Nine or anything, any of my output in the last while will know both of these and many others as well. Uh, Brick Nasty, the band from Ballymun, the kind of jazzy, punky, soul, hip-hop band. Live, they're completely out there in terms of their musicianship. Really great. But I really loved their debut mixtape in a crueler this year. I think they're going to do a lot more. They're doing a couple of gigs in the short club in the early first week in January, I think, with like Kojak and Maverick Saber that sold out instantly. I think they're ones to watch for next year, even more so than they were this year. Here's 30 seconds of Ducks in a Row. <laughs> Okay, another artist who's Irish who I want to shout out as well is on the way up uh, this year already really very quick in terms of about a year ago i went to see sarah crean a year but like just playing a little acoustic set near my house in the playground near drimna and rialto and since then she's really been making this really interesting singer songwriter indie pop kind of music that kind of reminds me a little bit of sorka richardson is got a good team around her managers uh, cmat's manager and there's lots of Good things happening, it seems, on the touring front as well. Supported Blackpink in Hyde Park, which I mentioned earlier. And uh, just for any, every song that she's released is, is getting better and better. This is the latest one called The Subtle Art of the Past from Sarah Cream. The past so much to come. You were so 
So I get Brick Nasty, Sir Queen, and the last dinner party as well. Three kind of very new, relatively new acts that, um, you know, if you weren't paying attention like we are all the time, they'd be my decent enough shouts for next year in terms of doing more. Uh, so, yeah, a good right. one. What have we got? I have biggest letdown of the year. Oh, lovely. I was I was I was wondering about whether I should include this or not. Mm. So I, I, decided, I have two. Mm, I'll leave off. But now okay, great. Maybe I'll maybe I'll dive in as well. Yeah, one one is controversial and if you're Louise Bruton, I'd like you to cover your ears for this bit. I'm gonna say it. Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Was it I was it as iconic as it could have been? I don't think so. Um Rihanna at the Super Bowl is my first one and my second one is very obvious. Frank Ocean at Coachella. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what an absolute he may have, nightmare. He may have single-handedly single ruined his legacy in a single weekend. Honest to God. Um, like it, We were all so excited. There was ice rinks, there were dancers, you know, and then, no, it was... Um, especially I mean I think I said this at the time when we were talking about it but like Franca Coachella it was one of those things where it was like like Beyonce's homecoming was at Coachella do you know what I mean this is this is she set the level and yeah. if you're an artist like Frank Ocean who I think you know in in, in terms of being like beloved the, the the Frank Ocean fans love Frank Ocean as much as Beyonce fans love Beyonce there might not be as many of them who feel that kind of fanatical kind of way about him but they do love him as much he needed to bring a big show he didn't it was disappointing and I, I I do feel similarly about Rihanna I think while while the the staging and everything was great like her her vocals were great there was just something missing for me there was a there was a kind of a moment that was missing like when you look back at the history of like great performances at the Super Bowl to me it's not in the top 10 might not even be in the top mm. 15. So those are my two kind of, my two letdowns of the year. Um, One much more severe than the other, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have, uh, well, one that is actually relevant to you because I saw this last week and I, I was going to text you and I didn't because babies. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Troy Sivan recently. Yeah, what I didn't boy. know is that uh, Back Baby, that song has a sample of Jessica Pratt on it. Mm -hmm. Jessica Pratt being the Australian singer-songwriter, kind of folky singer-songwriter. I was like, oh, look at that. That's mad. I yeah. didn't realize that. So anyway, just so um, surprising sample of the year. Let's let's give that an award. I was uh, pleasantly surprised by that one. In terms of pop song of the year, we don't need to play it because it's already playing in your head as soon as I say it. I say Bad Idea Right by Olivia Rodrigo is probably that song. Yeah. Um, you have a an equivalent or agree. No, I I I 100% agree. I mean, like 
I could easily choose another song from that album. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I could choose Get Him it's Back in the from wheels. that album. It's, in, but it's on the album. It's, yeah. yeah. Like it's, I mean, it definitely, no matter what the song is, it goes to Olivia Rodrigo. She's my, <laughs> she's my pop star of the year for sure. Um, yeah. She's just amazing. I feel like this was, this was really her year. I talked a lot about her in the albums of the year and in the songs of the year. So I won't, won't say too much more, but um, yeah, she's, she's up Great. there. One of my people of the year. Okay. Uh, comeback Some of the year. Some more negativity, perhaps? What was that? Comeback of the year. Oh, do we have one? I do. Okay, Who go is ahead. It? It's not the Beatles. Don't say no, it's the Beatles. it's not the Beatles. The Irish Times had the Beatles as their comeback of the year. What? Like, no, when the hives were right our... there? The death of Randy <laughs> Fitzsimmons? Oh, sorry. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> Are you joking? The Beatles is the comeback of the year. I mean, who's who's going to tell them the sad news? Um, yeah. No, the, the hives. <laughs> come on. Uh, absolute comeback of the year. You couldn't have asked for better. I mean, they are killing it. I can't wait to see them next year. Death of Randy Fitzsimmons is a great album. They just, they brought me so much joy this year. And it was just one of those things where I was like, God, I'm glad they're back. And I rarely say that about bands. <laughs> so yeah, come back yeah, here, the hives. You, this was this has been your uh, the love story of the podcast this year. Your uh, yeah. rekindling of the love of the hives. Has yeah, been, it really has it's been, been. It's been really heartwarming and really nice. It yeah, because uh, uh, I had a, a really I had a hard thing. year with Matty. Like it was, it's been a really hard year to be a 1975 fan. And then I just had yeah. the hives on the other side of this, just being where I'm just like, oh god, it's so nice to have a, an uncomplicated relationship with a rock band <laughs> where I don't have to uh, defend it to everybody. So yeah, the hives, absolutely my comeback of the year. Yeah. The Irish times one, by the way, was best artist comeback. It was the Beatles, Madonna, the Rolling Stones, everything but the girl and Britney Spears. Well, okay. I'm like what? Like, the Rolling Stones song is rubbish. The Beatles are not back. The album. What was the other They're one? Not back. Madonna. Madonna. Madonna hasn't released new music. Really... She's going on tour, but she hasn't released new music. That's not a comeback. That's a, it's, it's, Britney it's, it's a just... victory lap. And then I mean, we talked about Britney and the Britney book, but like, it's... yeah, but that, again, Jimmy... that's not a comeback. That's like, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's a clapback. <laughs> not a comeback. Yes, it's the hives, lads. Okay, cop yourselves on Irish and... Times. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? I wonder if there's anyone else I can think of that maybe. Uh, uh, the Bossy Band are back with the, for the first gig in 45 years. How about that for a comeback? That's something. Yeah, there you um, go. A lot of interest. Yeah, in worst comeback, uh, <laughs> Dexies. <laughs> that album was bad. That was a bad, oh, bad, bad album. It, I think I gave that one star in Arena. Yeah, the, it's a, mm. the good thing about having, when you don't do those kind of shows that often, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. I missed all that. <laughs> it, yeah. I missed all these superfluous releases. But I'll talk about a, uh, my most pointless release of the year. Please. Is the drumless version of Daft Punk's and Random Access Memories. Oh, Why? I forgot about Why? that. Why? Why? Do you know Why what this album this? needs? Fewer drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Just do it's a so Pharrell version of it. Yeah. Oh. Very yeah, weird. not good. Very weird. While what while we're doing some some kind of quick fire ones, non-starter of the year. This is non-musical related. For me, it was Threads. I signed up for Threads. It was, you know, released EU wide there, you know, the other day. Signed up for it. Spent about a day and a half there. And then I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? And deleted it. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't I do not need this. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I spent as 
an inordinate amount of time trying to get onto the fucking thing in the first place. And then I signed up with my private account instead of my 909 account. And then when I did actually open it up, all I saw was this pro-Israel, anti-Semitic kind of uh, all this stuff. And I was like, nope. I'm out of here. Bye. It was Don't it was one this. of those things where I was like, I, I signed in and I just immediately saw everybody who I had either muted or blocked from Twitter back in the day just on my timeline. And I was like, oh, and I know I know that you can you can differentiate between if, if people don't know because it's actually not a great UI in this case if you click the at at the top of the screen you can choose between a for you page and a following page like a chronological following so just a tip for anybody who mm. is using it to do that but I was just like god there's a load of people here that I've either muted or blocked and you know I spent quite a lot of time over the years muting and blocking and I was just like I don't need this I'm kind of happy over in blue sky like no one likes my stuff very few people interact with me but the people that do i'm very happy that they do it's i'm just like this is fine this is the level of interaction i want on text posts i just don't need do not need threads at all um so i was really happy of my decision to just be like actually do you know what no don't need this no we don't need another hero we don't Niall. we don't um so that's Okay, you mentioned rapid fire. Let me do some rapid fire yeah. ones there then. I will start with a, a wonky beat of the year. One I've picked before. Mm-hmm. Is this, this a bad is, thing, uh, wonky? No, it's good. It's okay. a good thing. Wonky okay. is good in this regard. Uh, like it sick. Is Big Hammer by James Blake. Big Hammer by James Blake, a a discovery from the Nile or Nine um, guest lists of the year from Elaine Malone, who, who shared her favorite songs of 2023 with us. I found a lovely release called Omni Gardens. Uh, the album is called Plant Shop. Very relaxed, kind of chill kind of thing. And Elaine said of it, my most recent find is the intoxicatingly calm ambience of Omni Gardens. There's a strangely archaic tone of archival synth arpeggios and the quality makes everything feel found. He's achieved a cosmic quietude that lulls the mind into submission. And here's a bit of that. All very pretty stuff. Let's stay in the ambient zone for a second and shout out a... Uh, ambient release from Garrett Quinn Redmond, or Ash Arish, another one that it was on my uh, albums of the year list, Irish albums of the year list, but uh, I didn't get to really write about it other than featuring it. <laughs> So Arash Arish comes from 
getting involved where Gary Quinn Redmond got involved in the art of tape loops. He says, a practice he discovered while performing with Ross Chaney and Miles O'Reilly in late uh, November 2020. Uh, fascinated, he spent months experimenting with the technique by cracking open the shell of a cassette, cutting the tape and splicing the ends together. I created repeating sound loops of varying lengths. After reassembling and slotting the cassette into the Tascam Porter Studio, I recorded and played back the sounds of the tape loop. Those sounds were then manipulated using the pitch wheel to make subtle and warbly inflections to the recordings. This is achieved by speeding up and slowing down the playback speed of the tape, which offered dynamic contrast in both mood and texture. So that's kind of an example. Um, you may hear this kind of technique used on the John Francis Flynn records as well, which Ross Chaney is involved in. And RF Chaney is his artist name as well. He's got some kind of stuff on, under his own name as well. So that's Arasharish by Garquin Redmond. To the dance floor now with a couple of tracks. This is a my favorite a modern Italo song that was released this year. It is by a band called Nuvo Testamento and the song is called Heat. <laughs> Yeah, staying in the DJ zone, um, this is, well, where are they in Nouveau Testamento? I hope they're actually, uh, well, they're definitely European anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, Los, Los Angeles and Bologna based. Yes, love it. Okay, great. My next award is a song that I discovered this year that I love playing out. I played this at a lot of festivals this summer. This is a song called New Start, the Loose Control. Loose Control band mix. Uh, this is the Natalie Smash is the name of this. And this is a song I played a lot while I was DJing this year. Natalie Smash, uh, New Start, the Loose Control Band, NY Club Mix. It actually came out last year, but uh, I heard it this year and I played it a lot this year out while I was DJing because it's kind of a different brain to what I usually talk about here. So I wanted to shout that one out. And finally, in terms of my quick fire ones, best album about a bus route in Galway. This is Tra Fadine and uh, on 424 is the name of it, uh, named after a bus route. Uh, here is a bit of their song. From the album, which I can't read because the text is too small. K Modina Sul Sahai Viz.
yes, that is an album inspired by the bus route that goes from Galway City to Connemara. So Thra Fadine is the name of that band, uh, a band of song. Saw so live at another love story earlier this year. And uh, uh, yeah, they're great. They're really cool. They're, uh, that was released in November as well. So a late, a late addition to the lists. Great. I have the thing we were given that nobody asked for and nobody wanted, the Harry Award. He <laughs> insisted that I include this. Okay. The Spotify DJ. Oh, yeah. Good shout. Have you clicked into that guy? Yeah. It's Harry so weird. clicked into him by accident one day and got such a fright. <laughs> I don't know who he is. I don't know why he's talking to me. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and play this song for you. Where and you're like, he? all right, man. Have a good Where day. Bye. <laughs> so the idea I is like. a few a... songs you seem to have a lot of love for lately. Caroline Polachik up first. Why is he talking to me? Who is this guy? Uh, he's an AI <laughs> Just... genius. Does anyone have a woman, a woman's voice? No, it's just um, the same guy. Why do you That's guy? It. That is it. It's and so he's American, funny. obviously. That when, we so have, like, when we have AI tools where we are asking them or making them do things like Alexa or Google, when they are there to serve us, they are women. But when they're there to sh- share music with us and recommend music mm. to us, they're men. I think that's Fair interesting. Point, Andrea Cleary. I think that's interesting. Point, yeah. Spotify mm. villain of the year. Right enough talk. I mentioned David Kitt. Let's get it going with that and some other music you've been listening wrong, to. Wrong, wrong. Get wrong. out of here. I don't know. I think his name is Xavier. Oh, like, he so called himself weird. X. I, I don't no. know. Out of here. Don't Bye. need him. Don't want him. Thanks for go that. Away. Please go away. <laughs> My friend, please leave um, us alone. <laughs> okay, I'm in the I'm in the uh, beyond music. You're in the uh, end zone. I'm in the end zone here for myself. What have you got left? I I, yeah, I have a I think I've, music documentary. I've just got, yeah, I've got film, book, television, podcast. I'm yeah. I'm I'm in the end zone here. Okay, so. we're in the end zone. Okay, best music documentary of the year that I saw is the Wham one. And mm, really I agree. That a great. Sometimes when uh, you just want a very straightforward like history you don't need like um i just wanted a history sometimes flashy. you just want a biography i don't want i don't yeah. want i don't want all of this do you know what i i was really disappointed by of course shane mcgowan sadly passed away in the last couple of weeks and uh i tried to watch the crock of gold film mm-hmm. and it was just wrecking my head to be honest i was okay. like i really would just love a great pogues documentary about yeah. the band and and shane and what but no it was just full of like like animation and like background stuff about him growing up in Tipperary. And I was like, I, this is, there's too much of this. I just like, I just want, I want a history of, I want to hear about the band and the music and yeah, Shane as well. But also I did like, it's all of this, like it was produced by Don Johnny Depp and all this kind of shit. I was just like, ah, please. Less said about him, the better. But the Wham documentary, like the, the only sort of like, you know, thread that held it together was that they had like the scrapbooks that was it was a George's mom yeah 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 and that was the kind of thread that linked it all together but there was no artifice there was no it was just a straightforward music doc using archival footage it was great yeah Uh, really good really good I could recommend that that's on Netflix if you have a Netflix account check it out if you haven't already it's the kind of thing you'd be like you'd watch that with the family now and everyone would have a lovely time lovely Stevens Day watch I'd say exactly Stevens Day lunch yeah my mom is a big Perfect. George Michael fan, as I mentioned before. So that's oh. kind of the one you're like, yeah, you have to watch that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think all moms are George Michael fans, aren't they? <laughs> of yes, any age. Just tear them all with the same you brush. Know? I think sure. moms love It's a good brush to turn In the out. same way that dads love Tina Turner, moms <laughs> love George Michael. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it makes sense to me. Um, I'm sure there's a modern equivalent of that. We'll have to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, well, you're a dad now, so Rosalia uh, will be the yeah. new one. No, it's like... Dads yeah. love Rosalia. I just love Dua Lipa. You know, I just love Dua I just Dua love Lipa. her. She's music great. for dads. Self-esteem. Music for dads. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, have you got a podcast of the year now? I didn't. I didn't note one. Okay, that's okay. Well, I have one. Uh, um, okay. I I reckon I've mentioned it before, but they started this year. It's If Books Could Kill um, with Michael Hobbs and Peter Shamshiri. It is a American, they're two American, uh, one former lawyer, one former Wall Street, Wall Street journalist. Michael Hobbs is, he'll be, he'll be well known to people who are into podcasts, but he hosts Maintenance Phase and he also used to host You're Wrong About. And it's a podcast about nonfiction. They call them like airport books, things like Atomic yeah. Habits, The Game. What else? Oh, God, I've listened to them so many times that I've just, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now blanking. Oh, just, you know, like books about like, so it's called If Books Could Kill. And it's about yeah. like the most dangerous ideas in American kind of popular culture. And so I'm I'm on their Patreon and everything. And they do they they recently I think today or yesterday they released their their Patreon episode of like the worst takes of 2023, which was a lot of fun. OK, but it's a fantastic, very, very funny podcast. Like they're both very funny but they're both incredibly intelligent and well-versed in how to spot bullshit when it is, you know, wrapped up in a kind of a scientific lens. If there's anyone who is in academia, like they are, they're kind of methodology nerds, yeah. which I quite like. Uh, they're, they're just, they're really, really, really good at debunking a lot of stuff that um, people take for granted. Freakonomics was another an, another one they did that was like the, the first book that they did was Freakonomics so they really came out strong oh there's loads of them there's loads of episodes now and a, a really easy listen but you learn a lot through listening to it Great. about that to my loads of different things so Do. I haven't done any real You'll listening to podcasts other than my established music and uh, football ones really very yeah. little uh, listen to this year yeah i'm i'm in the market yeah, for a lot more podcasts so if anybody has any recommendations do let me know god you citizen to loads i just don't do it anymore yeah i mean i have my podcast but the own. thing is now i know I, I host two podcasts neither of which do this but i need more podcasts to be released on saturdays and sundays i've nothing for a saturday walk or a sunday walk and i know pe people like podcasters we avoid saturdays and sundays because people aren't commuting and kind of listenership is down a bit but I actually think there's the space in my life for a Sunday morning release from a podcast. So if anyone wants to do that, well, it could just be released on, on Thursday. It. You can listen to it on Sunday. Why not? No, but I can't do that. I have to listen to it the day it's released. Like I can't <laughs> okay. do that. Interesting. Interesting. That's not how my, my my brain doesn't work like that. I need like you know immediate satisfaction now. Um, <laughs> satisfaction so. guaranteed. Okay. Cool. exactly yeah all okay, right great so well, i basically just there. have film book and tv left so if you want to wrap yeah. up any other ones you have do you want to start with film okay yeah let's start with film good um, year for films i think i was looking I back on this i'm year. sure i've forgotten loads mm -hmm. because even with my letterbox i'm like hmm i feel like i saw a lot more films uh, this year that I really loved than the ones I looked at here. The ones that stood out to me this year, um, I believe Tar was this, the start of this year. So that's the first one. Yes. 
And I went to see Tar in the Cinema in January, I think. So that was, well, still stands up as one of the best. And then I mentioned this before, Pearl, which is the second of the trilogy of that film. Yeah. The, films, the kind of horror films about, what's her name, Mia Goth stars in it. It's this, That one was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's weird. Was it's Pearl this year? I think so. I think so. Was it? Yeah. There's a third that's one to come. Great film. In the trilogy, obviously. So, yeah, that's another one. A funny film I saw this year, a really sweet film I saw this year, Theatre Camp. Have you seen that yet? Uh, no, really I haven't. About a theatre camp. Very, very nice. And then Reality with Sydney Sweeney, a film about, which takes an FBI, the FBI turn up to this woman's house. And what you hear is uh, word for word verbatim the transcript of the chat that they have with this woman who's been accused of something. And it, it gets revealed shortly after. Oh, I saw a clip of it, it is good. on it's really, really good. TikTok. And yeah. what is weird about it is that, like, you're like, wow, real people don't talk like this. And you're like, no, this is actually what happened. Like, yeah, they do yeah. talk like this. That's why it's always like, oh, there's no way that people would talk like this. And you're like, the, the clip I saw was when all the cops were telling her to get her cat out from under the bed. Yeah. And yeah, it like, a lot it, of it, like it amped up like really quickly. And I was like, this dialogue is so weird. And I went into the comments on TikTok and people were saying like, this is word for word transcription of of a real life event I, and that yeah it sounds very interesting yeah yeah really good mm. really good and it's short as well so, but do you have is, a uh, film of the year like best film i think my film of the year is speak no evil which mm-hmm. i saw this year it's a film about uh it was from last year it's about a danish family who go visit a dutch family that they met on holidays and the little kind of microaggressions that happen as they're visiting and how mm-hmm. people shut down their instincts and how people shut down you know out of in terms of like uh, prioritize politeness over their own perhaps safety or uh, instinct i thought it was really good it's a it's a car film but it's also it's just really well done i i, I had a big uh, love for that one this year very scary as well yeah so that one was probably the biggest one uh yeah i'd say what else did i see this year like the menu was possibly this year I'm not sure what. I still haven't uh, seen the menu. No one will save you. Enjoyed that. I watched that Paul Mescal one recently, uh, Foe, which was not good. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't really be going. For wouldn't that recommend one. it. Anyway, wouldn't that's Sir Sharon and Paul Mescal? You're like, oh, cool. This is be good. Oh, that's a shame. The film that everyone loves, Past Lives. I wasn't mad on. Just I haven't it. seen that yet. I'm going to see it after yeah. Christmas in the yeah. in betweeny, Twixmas. I was kind of, yeah, it wasn't really for me, unfortunately. But okay. yeah, I think Speak No Evil is the one for me this year. And Tar. Um, Tar is amazing. All timer. My sort of like sleeper film of the year was Ennis, Ennis Main, I think it's pronounced E N Y S M E N, about a woman on an uninhabited island off the Cornish coast. I am reading this from imdb to remind myself mark jenkin film excellent soundtrack excellent film i also saw uh, i went to a lot of the they're not new films but i went to a lot of the one car y festival that was on earlier this year in the ifi yeah. which was excellent best film i saw this year was jean dealman which was i think i saw it in january but it's from the 1960s but in terms of films of the year i'm going with oppenheimer it just it pipped Barbie, but I just think like the experience of seeing it in IMAX in like a packed out I- IMAX theater. I don't really go to IMAX. I don't buy into it. But for Chris Nolan films, I'll I'll make the exception. And it was just one of the best like 
cinema experiences I've ever had in terms of like the sound and the giant screen and yeah it was just it was absolutely incredible so yeah I think my film of the year is Oppenheimer great I haven't seen but I also watched Bottoms which is a lot of fun as well I watched that when I was sick but yeah Oppenheimer film of the year I think very good yeah all right I have something that fits into that actually I will say shout out to the to Billy Irish song in the Barbie film. I think that was the one that probably stands up. That should win. I feel the like Oscar, we, we all lived in a Barbie fever dream for like a brief period there, and then we all woke up and was like, "Yeah, it was grand." <laughs> I never woke up. You never. I'm still in Barbie world. <laughs> Very good. Books. Books. Yeah, I have a uh, Penance by Eliza Clark. Um, yeah. she wrote that, right? Uh, did you read it? I think no. I it's on my list, though. I have a. I bought a. Um, ebook reader recently so yeah I have a load of stuff to get through and i'm currently reading fintan o'toole's book we don't uh, know ourselves which i'm really enjoying a history of ireland through kind of a personal mm. lens and um, really enjoying that that's been kind of my one at the moment for the last couple of months because it's so big yeah and uh, yeah i really enjoyed that yeah penance was definitely my reading experience of the year best book of the year for me it was very very divisive a lot of people absolutely hated it I absolutely loved it maybe a bit of a tricky book to read at the moment if you're affected by news stories like kind of recent news stories as it is about the murder of a girl by her friends so just bear that in mind when people are going into it but it is a a sort of a uh, an askance look at the true crime genre in terms of podcasts, documentaries, books, the whole lot. You've got a, a very unreliable narrator. You've got a really, really good understanding of like how, how Tumblr worked in, in the 2000s and the kinds of fandoms on there that aren't as palatable as just, you know, Supernatural and Doctor Who and Sherlock. People, young girls who idolize serial killers just a real good understanding of like how teenagers talk to each other, the darkness of teenage girlhood when it is kind of pushed to its most extreme. It's a it's an excellent, excellent, excellent book. I th- I thought it was an absolute triumph. I then went and tried to read her. I believe it was her debut novel, Boy Parts. And it wasn't I didn't like it. I just sort of I, d- I didn't finish it, you know, mm. but I think Penance was an absolute triumph but like if you look on goodreads there's it's it, it got a pretty good reception but the people who hated it really 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 hated it like they thought it was irresponsible all of this kind of stuff <laughs> someone here says the true crime was the book's length uh, which is a funny uh, review of it but it is a long book but i read it in like a day and a half i absolutely mm. loved it i think i've got a review of it on the business post website if anybody wants to read it and if they have a subscription to that but that was yeah hands down my book of the year was uh, penance great Lovely. I didn't read an awful lot this year. Certainly, I can't remember a lot that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, an easy read that if you haven't read it over Christmas might be one to delve into is the Nisha Dolan Happy Couple. Mm. A very easy read if you're a girl up by a fire over the festive period. Yeah, I, I liked Happy Couple. Appreciate. Uh, yeah, I think you should, might appreciate that one. And that's really it for me. I definitely others I've read, but I can't remember. Do you have a best uh, television? Uh, yes, yes. I have. So I have. Two things related to TV. I mean, let's just say my favorite thing, other than Succession, which, you know, ended this year and uh, mm-hmm. The Last of Us, which obviously, you know, was like the big the big event TV of the year, probably. Uh, Sabera season two just really uh, loved how it took the first 
season and and made it a much bigger story and more brought in the characters and stuff like into new ways and particularly you know i mean the story of richie and all that stuff and how he becomes this love of my life yeah how he becomes this lovely (laughs) engaged man so one of my awards this year is best use of a song in a show and it is taylor swift love story Uh, and i know that sounds if you haven't seen the show you're like "Mm, it's taylor swift whatever if you've seen the show you're like he talks in the show he talks about how he wants to get his he has he wants to bring his kid to a taylor swift concert and he's kind of dejected and he's down his luck and he's feeling like shit. And he gets sent off from the restaurant that he's supposed to be working in to be trained up in this high-end restaurant. By his I brother. don't hate, hate Taylor Swift. I just needed a break. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying others, oh, right? Kid. So, you know, so basically, you know, this is what happens. I play a bit of the audio here, actually. Oh, my heart. <laughs> I literally, like, I shed a tear when this was on because it was such a, Me too. a great payoff i shed a tear and like fist bump i was like oh it's just, i'm gonna cry watching this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what year did the restaurant open 2012 yes and what year do we get our third star 2012 trick question nice try correct and lastly what were tonight's specials we don't have specials we do have our have supplements including tonight's caviar pairing oh your ass oh, <laughs> It's just that like a really lovely payoff in the show where that song is used as uh, an example of a man reanimated, reengaged in love with life when he suddenly sorting his shit out. He's doing it for his kids and he's doing it for himself and he's he's really happy. Finding his worth. It's so rare. It's really hard to do happy. Well, you know oh, what I mean? So like, good. it's like we were talking about this earlier, myself and my partner, Katie, we were talking about like Christmas songs. The best Christmas songs are have a potential sadness in them. Like, Last Christmas is a sad mm. song because it has to have something in it to a deeper emotional connection and something more complex than just that. It's really hard to do this well and to bring in a needle drop like that where you're like, no, this really fucking works. It works because it's in the script. It's worked because it's yeah. in the story, his backdrop, and it, it's the payoff is brilliant because he's so. He he earns it so well, so that that is I my agree. Uh, needle drop of the year, best use of a song. My needle drop of the year in television. I very 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 nearly chose the bear. I nearly chose that one. It only lost points because it does something that I don't like, which is it is diegetic music that changes the song. So we oh, miss yeah. it, like it. It skips into the Marry Me Juliet bit in order to fit in with the editing, blah, blah, blah. Fine. It's something that I notice and that bothers me. So I've chosen for my needle drop of the year, which is non-diegetic, so they get away with more, was Linda Ronstadt's Long, Long Time in The Last of Us. Which oh, was right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a okay. really, I mean, I listened to that song like nonstop. The Last of Us was like one of my favorite television events of the year. Like my three are i mean i i can separate them into their own into their own uh awards yeah. if, if you like i mean 
best stick in the landing was Succession 100%. I think that was like the most fun part of my year was watching Succession and waiting the week and and talking to everyone about it and just really trying to dig into it. And I think they stuck the landing so brilliantly. Best like not not letting us down in the second season and you know best improvement from the first season was The Bear and then best new show was The Last of Us but the three of them are all my my best TV of the year that isn't you know I have TV events of the year I mean best reality TV moment of the year was Olivia walking in on Henry and Jordan kissing in Big Brother for those who know they know best TV (laughs) moment of the year but um but yeah I've got the same three in terms of best telly I will shout out my my most recent discovery in the last couple of weeks is uh, the ones from I've seen on lists, uh, which is Reservation Dogs, which I hadn't watched before. And I've started watching mm. that. I'm, uh, I really enjoy it. It's about a load of kids in Oakland who want to move to California because they're, they're all these of Native American descent. And it's a really sweet show and really well written. And I'm really enjoying that at the moment. It's always nice to have a new show like that. And then a special shout out to the best worst show of the year, The Idol. <laughs> starring the weekend oh i never down. went near it uh, it's you should watch it it's so much fun and how bad it is you're just like what the fuck is going on here and your yeah. boy troy savannah is in it so like you have to watch it now oh um, my boy and- yeah just one one shout out for a recent thing i watched is on the bbc iplayer uh comedy called such brave girls i don't know if there's very much coverage of it it got a very good review in the guardian but short series short comedy series very 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 funny such brave girls so i'd recommend that something easy to watch over over christmas but very funny like it's so hard to do sort of like shocking humor these days but there was something that happened in this show that actually genuinely shocked me and made me think like oh my god i can't believe they put that on television so yeah (laughs) very very good right okay yeah. Well, that's all the awards I have for this year, for 2023. Me too. We'll close it out there. We hope you have a lovely break, festive break. Yes. And uh, for that's it from us for a while now. We are yeah. going to take a break in January and come back maybe the end of January or so. Whenever things feel right, we'll, we'll If music we'll comes us. out in January, we'll do a best of January. If it doesn't, we'll see you in February. <laughs> yeah. I mean, January last year was so quiet and mm. I'm really looking forward to the bit more of a quiet time so absolutely yeah thanks so much everyone for listening to us this year and coming to our little live events in the big romance and oh yeah going to well, see Niall dj and going to lumo and engaging with me when i'm writing and just being lovely and everyone in the discord and yeah yeah we really appreciate the little community that we have yeah i don't know That's if we're going to get a chance to do an episode on it so we'll we'll mention it now but our next next listen closely is on the 31st mm. of january wednesday the 31st of january and it is the album we will be talking about and playing is uh, mf doom and mad libs mad villain so i'm um, looking forward to that an yeah. artist mf doom we've discussed a lot on this podcast before and so i think it'd be nice to just half an hour listen on the lovely toby yeah. after speakers in the big romance uh we'll put that in the sale in 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 january after christmas sometime so look out for that but that's it from us i think have a have a great christmas and a happy new year and if you're looking for something to do on new year's eve i'm djing in the circular as well as new year's festival as well new year's festival first before midnight and then circular just around midnight till close so that'll be fun 
uh, with Graham Dolan and Alex Donald. And we had a little more Christmas party last week. It was stuffed. I couldn't even stay till the end because I have a baby at home. Um, so that mm-hmm. was weird. <laughs> but great. Anyway, we had a great time. And yeah, that's it. And I want to thank you, Andrea, for being so sound and always bringing bringing your insightful thoughts and Aww. recommendations. And yeah, thanks for being a great co-host. And, and you, Niall. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> thank you for being a friend. Okay. <laughs> sure. Bye, everyone. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Look after yourselves and thanks, each other. Thanks, Georgia, for editing the podcast. Thanks, Georgia, MVP of the year really helping me out the last while appreciate that yeah amazing thanks so much. all right Bye thanks everyone. guys patreon.com forward slash if you want to access to discord and meet some people that you actually uh, will find out i think people that listen to music uh, regularly and are music fans are well-adjusted people they're well-adjusted Look, and uh, i'm gonna say it, we, can, the discord. we can we can vouch for them they're fucking sound like yeah <laughs> they're nice people yeah. lovely Get people in. it was nice to see them there's a lot of people at uh, lumo last week as well so that was nice to see them all yeah that's it that's up from us this week and for this year we were back in january or late january we'll let you know okay thanks a million Bye. for listening to the 909 podcast Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.